is Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature, our pro football scope, taking a look at all headlines in the National Football League. Barry, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, uh, Drew. I just got back from Louisiana, as a matter of fact. I went over there uh, because the your Bengals are playing my Browns, and, and you just kind of whoop up on us. So I went over there and paid a voodoo doctor to, to put <laughs> some kind of juju on um, one of your best players, and she said that would happen today. I don't know if it's going on on that, not, but I paid cash, so it'd go through quicker. Well, you know what? I think it went through very quick because Jamar Chase all of a sudden is out four to six weeks with uh, a hip issue. So you're not going to have to deal with Jamar, and and maybe that that'll limit the production of the offense. So we'll have to see how things go with that one. Of course, that one on Monday night. Looking at the Browns season so far, is that is that a must win for Cleveland, or do you think that? I, and I hate saying must win so early in the season, but I've done that a couple of times today and, and throughout this week. But but this feels like a game where if you're the Browns, you need to get back on the right foot of things. Is it a must win for Kevin Stefanski as well? Yeah, it certainly is. I, I'm working on an article right now. Is he on the hot seat? Um, you know, his defensive coordinator has been on the hot seat forever, and everybody's calling for his his head. But, you know, it, there's seven games. It's it's right about the halfway mark. And if you don't have any kind of semblance of a, a a record that's close to being 500, you can get left behind very, very quickly. With the Browns being two and five, uh, they've lost a, a lot of games that they sh- might have won or should have won or could have won, uh, but didn't. And, you know, like Alabama playing Tennessee, they have, they've made plenty of mistakes and have plenty of excuses and a lot of finger-pointing. But that's the way it is. And all the good teams kind of rise to the top. You know, I said in the beginning that the, the Bills were going to be the best uh, team in the league, and they're 5-1. and one. Now, I did not say that the Eagles would be undefeated in one of the best teams. So, you know, that, that happens as well. Yeah, it definitely does. And speaking with Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature, you can check out his stuff at dogsbynature.com. It's it's such an interesting part of the season, as you mentioned. Just along with all the rumors and stuff, you got the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday, and we're learning about teams who are either in it or they're not in it. And two teams I think that have really surprised this season, Barry, are the Jets and the Giants. The Jets at five and two, Giants at six and one. I don't know if I'd consider them contenders, but who would be some contenders in your mind? How long is that list for you? of Super Bowl contenders through this point of the season? Um, well, like I said, the Bills and, and the Eagles are definitely contenders. Um, you know, the Giants being 6-1, and one, if you look at their schedule, they really haven't beaten anybody other than the Dolphins. The Dolphins are good, don't get me wrong. And they had to come back and, and beat the Dolphins. But the, the, the real big team that they played was the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and they got – something with that game but a friend of mine said it, it's not it's not your record it's it's who you played and you got to look at these games and see okay are they beating up on the, the Houston Texans and the uh the lesser known teams in the league like the commanders um they did beat Baltimore they beat Jacksonville um they did beat Tennessee Tennessee's a roller coaster so you got to look at the Giants and say you know they've beaten some good teams They've lost to a good team. The Jets, wow, that is a surprise. And when the, when the Browns lost to them in week two, at which 
by the way, if, if the coaching staff had done some uh, math, some basic math, they would have kicked a field goal, had two scores up, and given the Jets the ball back with five seconds less and, instead of um, what they went through. But they have beat some good teams. They, they beat the Packers. They, they beat the Dolphins. Um, they lost to Cincinnati, and they lost to Baltimore. But the Jets, I think, are a for-real team. Now, going forward, um, I think both teams will uh, will stumble a little bit, but I believe both teams may not win their division, but they'll definitely be one of the higher wild cards. Speaking of the very shuck of dogs by nature, I think that that's so – it's interesting to look at this with the, the teams, and, and, and we've mentioned some that have – really surprised and you look at Tampa Bay who seemed to be going through some even uh, confidence issues and, and and selfishness issues of uh, you know are guys playing for each other or are they just playing for themselves is Tom Brady the same Tom Brady or is he clearly different the New Orleans Saints have really had issues they're the worst defense arguably in in the entire league giving up 200 points so far on the year even the Rams and the 49ers the 49ers have a losing record the Rams haven't looked the same this has been such a wacky year, Barry, where are we seeing a, a true shift here where the Jets and the Giants, maybe they, they, they can become perennial playoff teams here over the, over the next few years, or is it a little bit too early to, to jump the gun and say that the Packers are, are, are done and the Vikings are going to be the king of that division here over the foreseeable future and, and some of the other things that we've seen with the NFL this season? Well, the NFL loves parity. They absolutely love parity. Now, they couldn't do anything about the New England Patriots because they kept winning, but they love for fan bases to be continually in the conversation of the season. They don't want anybody to tune it out. They don't like uh, teams to uh, go with zero wins, one win, two win, because people check out on stuff like that. It wasn't long ago that the Cincinnati Bengals had won two games in a year, and as a Browns fan and as a Browns writer, you kind of look at the schedule every year and go, well, there's two wins. There's two W's for our team. But now that division runs through Cincinnati, and now you look at them and think, well, you know, how can we contain a Joe Burrow? What can we do to make him rush his throws? What kind of defense, what kind of blitz packages, what kind of safety schemes do we need to get? And so that completely changes. Now, a few years ago, you were all in the dumps about Cincinnati, and you were yep. you would be saying stuff like, well, we don't have an offensive line. Well, we don't have anybody to throw to. Well, we don't have a quarterback. So the NFL loves parity. The, the Packers have been up. The, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks have been up. But teams like Miami have been down. Now they're resurgence. Now uh, Dolphin fans are saying, yeah, that, that AFC East is no longer uh, ruled by a dynasty of the New England Patriots. When, when's the last time we even talked about the Jets? Ten years ago? Uh, yeah, back when Darrell Revis and Mark Sanchez were playing and Rex Ryan was the head coach. Yeah, exactly. So a long time ago. You take, and, and and look at the um, look at the uh, NFC North, where the Packers have just dominated year after year after year, and and rightfully so. They've got one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And but if you look at their record, as far as the Vikings go, uh, yeah, they've only lost one, and that was to Philadelphia, which is undefeated. But the only 
only team they've, they've beaten was Miami and Green Bay. And they beat Green Bay the first game, 23-7. to Well, I remember last year Green Bay lost their first game to the Saints in Jacksonville mm-hmm. and got killed. So maybe, maybe Green Bay has a week one problem. But all the teams since then, Detroit, the Saints, Chicago, none of those are good teams. So even though the Vikings uh, only have one loss, if you look at who they've played, they really haven't played any, anybody really, really tough. And the only team that they played, which was Philadelphia, they got killed 24-7. to And with that being said, I think that we are in for a very entertaining December getting down to the race to see who's going to win these divisions. I, I don't know how many guarantees there's going to be, Barry, in, in terms of teams locking themselves into the postseason outside of maybe Philly and Buffalo and and, and maybe Kansas City, the way that the AFC West has gone. I don't know if there's anybody else who, at least as of this point, given injuries and given the parody and who they've played and all of that, I don't know if there's any shoe-ins to, to make the postseason at, at this point. Again, speaking with Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature, our pro football scope. Aaron Rodgers, I want to ask you about this. Has these comments. He, right. he gets on Pat McAfee's show and says, uh, yeah, there's been some guys who've been making some simple mistakes, uh, simple errors or things that should be simple they're screwing up, and maybe they should, and I'm paraphrasing here, maybe they should see less playing time. Do you have a problem with that, with Aaron Rodgers saying that, and then following it up by being asked by, by reporters about it and saying, yeah, I said it, and, and that's how I really feel about it? Yeah, there's, there's like an old guys club in the NFL right now. It consists of four, uh, four quarterbacks, Matt Ryan of the Colts, Russell Wilson of the Broncos, of Tom Brady of the Buccaneers and Aaron Rodgers of the Packers. Now, Russell Wilson and Tom Brady both this week have been asked about how, why their offense is so stagnant, why they are scoring points, and both of them uttered that they need to work on that. We'll, we've got a new plan this week. We'll work on the offensive line. We'll work on the, the play calling. We'll, okay, everybody but Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is well aware that his public comments uh, is met with criticism. You know, from from his, even his post game remarks after three straight losses um, to you know talking about the need for more re- receiver responsibility on the radio, Rodgers hasn't been shy about openly critiquing his his teammates um, as they've you know gone to a three and four record. Um, he has he has touched on everybody. He has lambasted everybody, including his coach. And uh, you know the, his receivers, except for Lazar, they're they're young guys. Yeah. And they're going to be making mistakes. And, and what he said is that they make too many mistakes. They shouldn't be playing. In other words, they shouldn't be playing not only on his team and not getting reps in practice, but they shouldn't be playing in the NFL at all. If you listen to somebody like like Nick Saban after losing to Tennessee, you name a mistake that a football team can do, and in watching that game, and I had no dog in that fight. It was a great game. I enjoyed it. Uh, Alabama made mistake after mistake after mistake and made all the mistakes. But in the post-game presser the next day, uh, Nick Saban talked about young guys are going to make mistakes. He didn't say this guy, this guy, and this guy. He didn't name them. We're going to work on this this uh, position group. We're going to figure out what the the problems were. We're going to figure out why they couldn't uh, fit in our scheme. 
and what coverage they were supposed to be in and why they weren't communicating. That is what a great leader does is they don't throw anybody under the bus. And Aaron Rodgers, um, you name somebody from his offensive line to his tight end to his his, his coach, um, you know, he has is, is looked at everybody. And if you've watched him, he's not that accurate this year. And I don't know why he's not running the ball like he has. That's kind of been his bread and butter. But I just don't believe that if you're the leader of anything. Now, when the door's closed, you can air out all the grievances and you can instruct and you can uh, get out the chalkboard and you can show what's being done and you can look at film. But once the media and once the, uh, a microphone or a, a, a cassette tape is, is, is pushed into your face, the main thing is to look like a leader show that that there are problems you recognize that and that you're going to work on it and you're going to do it as a group yeah yeah 100 percent. i agree totally with you again very shuck of dogs by nature uh our pro football scope I, I think that with aaron Rodgers, this is really the first time that he's been denied by some i guess i don't, I don't know if i if this is the right way to say it but he's been an opportunity has been there, and they've declined it. Devontae Adams had more money on the table to stay with Green Bay, and he said no. All of a sudden, it's a Aaron Rodgers that is getting older. You got Alan Lazard. He's really the only vet along with Randall Cobb, but Randall Cobb's been dealing with, with some injury issues over the last couple of seasons and a young wide receiver core. So I, I, I'm with you. I think that there, there, there's a better way to handle this. This is like the one – Aaron Rodgers is the person who – Never takes any responsibility for anything. Always finds something that that's wrong with everybody else, but won't say. And I I don't know if he hasn't necessarily said I, everybody needs work on, including myself. But that that hasn't been a I need to be better at this. I need to do better at this. And Tom Brady at least has said that. Yeah, he he absolutely does, and and he talks about not only himself working better, but the team working better, the offense working better. Yeah and including the offensive coaches. But, you know, when you have divisive talk like that, inevitably it's going to split a locker room. So why Absolutely. even go into that? Why, why even go into that publicly? And now, you know, some of the, the, the deeper veterans have probably given approval to their quarterback's public criticism, um, but that should be done in, in closed doors. But, you know, the bottom line is the NFL is a business. And if you're not performing or executing or doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, then obviously somebody's going to speak up. And right now that, that person is, is the leader of the team and Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know, maybe it's a wake-up call for everybody, but it should at least be a wake-up call to, to the uh, Aaron Rodgers, and he's the only one that doesn't seem to be listening. Well, yeah, and, what, and to your point, the one who should be handling this is the head coach in the organization. Aaron Rodgers can't do anything about it. I mean, Aaron can give his suggestions, but try to control what you can control. And not not that Aaron feels light like he's above the organization, but every now and then you see players who think that they are above the team and they can say whatever in the world they want to and, and everything's, everything's going to be fine. But, I mean, even like Joe Burrow, the offensive line was garbage last year. And he didn't criticize right. him not one time. He went out and, and he bought him uh, he bought him jewelry. Uh, you know, there there's a way yeah. I, there's a way I think to handle things. And 
while Aaron Rodgers may be right, it's not his decision to play those guys or not. It's the coach's decision. And I think that some of that falls on Matt LaFleur more than anybody else, I think, that he, he has to kind of figure it out. I mean, he, he is not, not that his coaching ability has been masked by Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in their relationship, but I think that they would maybe run try to run the ball a little bit more with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones play to their strengths, which right now, I know you got Aaron Rodgers, but you don't have that great of a wide receiver group. And also, maybe Aaron Rodgers sitting out the preseason, and I know that this is a trend to keep guys healthy, but maybe him sitting out yeah. and, and not showing up for training camp and all those other things, it has actually played a part in the chemistry between him, he and these younger wide receivers as well. Exactly, because they are wide receivers and they are young guys. And you got to have chemistry. It's it's timing because every wide receiver runs routes differently. They have different kind of moves. Some of them round off the route tree. Some of them make uh, excessive moves. Some of them are, are good. Some of them is a stop and go. And, and you've got to get used to that because most of the time it's not – let me run down here 10 yards, let me cut out to the outside, then throw me the ball. Before you're making your cut, the ball's in the air. And all that is timing issues. All that has to be done in practices, and it's got to be done over and over and over. Now, maybe Aaron Rodgers' criticism will make guys block more. Maybe they'll make them block harder or, or do their details more correctly. Um, maybe everybody now kind of feels like they're on the hot seat. Um, sure, but you're you're right about about Aaron Jones. I, I think they need to get Aaron Jones more involved in the in the offensive scheme. But you know, last year, I mean, not last year, last week, Aaron Rodgers only had 194 yards passing, which is a horrible game for him. Yeah. Um, but there were some drops, but there was some short arm passes. There was some inaccurate uh, routes and inaccurate throws. And even the Packers went 0 for 6 in third down. And you can't move the ball if you can't convert third downs. Uh, yeah, third, third down efficiency is absolutely key. And, and, and you got to be able to get off the field as a defense and try to extend drives and give your defense a break and try to put points on the board when, when you're the offense. The trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. Kadarius Toney today to the Kansas City Chiefs. Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of these good teams are, are getting even better, Barry. What do you make of things so far? And can, is there anything that you're hearing regarding the Browns or, or anywhere else that we maybe could see here over the next few days? Well, they even, they've been talking about, and I wrote a story about it last week. I, as soon as the last game was over with, I wrote a story, is it time to start thinking about trading a running back? Because they've got Nick Chubb, who's won, gone to three Pro Bowls. They've got Kareem Hunt, who could start for 31 of 32 teams in the league, um, or I'll say 30. He can't start for Dallas. He can't start for the Browns. And then they got a guy on the bench named Dearness Johnson, which when Chubb and Hunt got hurt one game, he, he went off for 146 yards and two touchdowns. So they got three starting NFL caliber backs. They need to trade one. They need to trade two. Um, so they should be able to do that. And I fully expect one or both of those to be, be traded off um, but Kadarius Tony going from the Giants to the Chiefs, I think that might be a good move for the Chiefs. You know, he was a first-round pick. Now, yeah. he only had 420 yards last year, but he hasn't scored a touchdown. But he's only got two receptions this year. He's only played in two games. 
So he hasn't played much this year. He has been out of favor with the coaching staff. Um, he's kind of got the perception that he's a, 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 a problem child. I saw him at the Senior Bowl um, in the 2021. He caught everything that was thrown to him. He had speed. He had moves. His route tree was extensive. I thought he was going to be a great pro, but uh, I think that the Chiefs miss Tyreek Hill more than they're willing to admit. And I think by getting Kadarius uh, Tony on the on the roster, it's basically saying, okay, we probably screwed up. Uh, another guy is um, Robert Quinn going from the the Bears to the Eagles. Yep, he's 32 years old, but he's still productive. Uh, he had 18 and a half sacks last year. Um, and we're talking about a 30-year-old man coming off from the defensive end. I think that's going to put the, the, the defense, as far as the Eagles go, and lights out because it allows them to move a defensive end maybe to a defensive tackle and put a defensive tackle on the bench that's not necessarily guarding against the run when you put Robert Quinn on the outside because he's going to be in the offensive backfield the entire time. Yeah, yeah, certainly some really good trades by those contenders to, as you said, get even better and better. Again, Barry Shuck of DogsByNature.com. Barry, do you, you have an idiom for us today? I do. I think the most three famous idioms in football are sack and blitz and red zone. I've already told you about red zone and I've already told you about blitz. I thought I had told you about sack, and I looked at my my notes, and I have not. So I'm going to tell you where the term sack came from. Okay. Um, this is a, this is a defensive stack that that a defender will tackle the quarterback uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Now, oddly enough, if the quarterback runs out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, the nearest defender gets um, gets credited for a sack also. This was coined by um, a defensive end for the Los Angeles Rams named D- David Deacon Jones. He, he played from 1961 to 1974. He felt that a sack devastated the offense in a way that a city was devastated when it was sacked, such as when it was in the Roman Empire. And that's where he got it from. Uh, now, ironically... The, the 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 official statistic for sack did not become an official statistic until 1982. At one time, they, the NFL decided the interceptions was going to be a statistic. They went from back from game one and were able to go through all the annals. And so, where it was done in the in the 40s, they went back 20 years and made all those statistics. But they could not determine from 1981 back. If it was uh, what happened with the quarterback, was it a sack, was it a fumble? So they started that in 1982. So Deacon Jones, who came up with the term sack, like the Romans would sack a city, he has zero official sacks. That, see, that's unreal. I, wa- I wonder how the record books would look different, how, how much different the record books would look if that stat were included for players who played in the 60s and in the 70s. Right. Well, even even going back now, um, there was a couple of guys from. I'm a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association. There's two writers that that have been there. They went back all the way to 1960 and they researched 
all of that from 1960 all the way up to 1981, and they went game by game, year by year, and they came up with sack totals. Now, the NFL has not officially adopted it, but it completely changed everybody um, in every team. Like Lawrence Taylor, his rookie season was 1981, and he had 12 and a half sacks. Well, his first official sack came in 1982, according to the NFL, because that's when they started counting sacks as a stat. Yeah. So he was 12 and a half sacks. It was completely left off of Lawrence Taylor. Wow. Um, the same thing with Reggie White. Reggie White had a bunch of sacks that were left off. But these two men have come up with official sacks. Now, one day the NFL may uh, may move that as an official stat and move it from 82 to 1960, and maybe these guys can go – back to, say, 1950, 1940. It, uh, it gets a little harder because the record-keeping uh, wasn't as accurate, and a lot of times there are no records that you can find at all. Very, very interesting stuff. Well, Barry, I really appreciate the time, as always. Really enjoy our conversation. You have a good one. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you on Thursday next week. Okay, give me a, give me a who day before you go. Who day, who day, who day think going to beat the Bengals? Who day, who day? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody, and not the Browns on Monday night. Have a good one, Barry. Thank you. All right, see you later. Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature. Woo, man, he got me fired up by that. The who they chant never will will, will get old. Never.